So we've come to the 13th Sunday of the year, and uh, we're continuing on these themes of discipleship where the Lord is being a little tough on us, but he needs to be. Um, so you may recall last week, the Lord said, don't fear anyone. I'll tell you who you should fear. Fear the one who, after he has killed, can place the soul in hell. And he's talking about himself, that he expects to be taken seriously. He will ultimately be our judge, and that we ought not just sort of, you know, um, trivialize him, turn him into some harmless hippie. A lot of people do that today. They are not serious about Jesus and what he teaches. Okay? Now, he loves us, but he does expect to be taken seriously. All right, that's last week. Now, <clears throat> today he kind of almost doubles down. And so we're going to see uh, some disciplines here for worthy disciples. All right, now, um, we'll look at four of them, uh, but basically they, they are, just to put them in one word, they're, they're priority, profundity, passion, and pride. All right? So these are four kind of, I don't know, qualities or experiences of the, of, of, of quote, worthy disciples. And we'll look at that word in a minute here, and what it means in this text. All right. Now, the, first of all, the priority of a disciple, we begin here. And the Lord says, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up its cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. All right. So first of all, we'll, we'll, you want to just mainly look at the priority. We'll look at that word worthy, as I said in a moment, in the second point. The, the idea here, that the, not the idea, but the, the fact or the truth here that the Lord is conveying is that no one and no thing in your life should have priority over who I am for you and what I've taught you and what I'm teaching you, asking you to do. Never, never let anyone else, including yourself, overrule what I say and what I teach you. Um, if we love, we are to love him more than we love anyone else or anything else, there's to be no person, no thing in our life that has greater importance than the Lord. And so fundamental is this priority he's to have that it even supersedes things related to the fourth commandment. Uh, the fourth commandment says, honor your father and your mother. But if the, even your father and mother tell you to do something that you know is contrary to what the Lord is telling you, you say, I'm sorry, I love God more. I have to listen to God. My first obedience is to him. The first commandment is the first commandment for a reason, see? And the fourth commandment is important. And we ordinarily, we owe absolute respect and, 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 and obedience to our parents, uh, but um, they, they, they can be qualified because our first obedience is to God. And no one has the, uh, shall we say, the, you know, no one should be able to command you in something that the Lord has forbidden. It's not to be. So, therefore, but unfortunately, we all know that we often give a lot of more priority in our life to other people other than the Lord. He is not always the priority. So if the culture says, well, hey, this is the latest thing, man, we're all going to jump up and down for uh, something contrary to the gospel, whether it's anything from greed uh, to violent retribution, vengeance, Most, so many of our movies are based on vengeance, or if it's about homosexual acts, or so-called gay marriage, or transgenderism, or whatever, we just say, oh, well, you know, and we're all going to put on the rainbow, and we're all going to go out there and say, this is wonderful, when the Lord says, no, it isn't. And he says that clearly in his word, which I'm not 
I'm not going to go through all that right now. But it's, 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 I just, I love you too much to lie to you. It is very clear in the scriptures that things like fornication, adultery, violence, and vengeance, greed, um, you know, I could go on, any, any, any lack of chance, homosexual acts, so-called gay marriage, all these things are not in accord with the teachings of our Lord. They are contrary. And you're either going to decide you're going to follow the world or Jesus. And he says, you better be me. See, they didn't die for you. I did. And beyond that, I'm the Lord. And they're not. Okay. So another thing is true. that So if a spouse or a sibling or a boss or some government official tries to compel you to act contrary to your faith and what is taught, you've got to say, sorry, um, I love God more. Uh, if anyone can command you to do something contrary to what the Lord expects of you, they have too much power. Okay, and uh, so, so, so the, the sadness, though, isn't it sad that many people have more allegiance to their political parties and have much more of a ear for what the party says or the culture says than they do to what the Lord says? And they say, "Oh well, God is love," and they just kind of trivialize God. No. Don't do that. All right. So we'll, um, caving in and compromising with the world is no way to be uh, a proper disciple. We are to give the priority in all things to God and to what he teaches. <clears throat> now, I'm not sitting here wagging my finger at everybody. Uh, I like to use struggle. There's a strong kind of force or pernicious power that the world can have over us kind of mesmerize us and threaten us and and so on. Um, and uh, using everything from fear to pressure to, you know, uh, I could fire you if you don't go along, or, you know, these types of things, you see. It's not easy. But a true disciple has to stiffen, you know, their upper lip and say, now look, this is uh, something that I'm going to have to endure. The world will at times hate me, and I have to accept that. And I still have to do the right thing. So first discipline, if you will, or experience of a disciple is that Jesus Christ and his teachings are to have complete priority in my life. And if anyone or anything can tell me or pressure me to do something contrary to those teachings, they have too much power and it has to go. It has to go. Now the next thing is that we're going to look at this profundity of a disciple. I call it profundity here meaning like weight. And this word worthy says... Um, if you don't do these things, you're not, quote, worthy of me. It's interesting if you study the Greek word here. Um, it doesn't first translate as worthy. The word axios um, means, um, it's related to, like, weights and measures on a scale. It means, literally, it means to draw down the scale so that something is weighty and it draws down the scale, you know. You think of a scale and you have something on this end and then you have something you put here and it draws it down, Okay. So there's a, a weightiness, see, that is referred to here. So axios or axios is a um, it's an important word to under, it's an important word to understand because it helps explain a little bit what the Lord is saying here. In, internally, the concept of being worthy of the Lord here means that we assign a greater weightiness in our life to Him than to the passing treasures and trinkets and demands of this world. So he draws down the scale in our life. He has a weightiness. And this is what it means for us to be worthy 
okay? We ascribe a worth, a value, a weightiness to him that is far greater than the things of this world or any of the things that the world could do to us. So, okay, go ahead and throw me in jail, but at least I'll still have the Lord. You know, is it, what's more valuable to know the Lord or to, to not be in jail? Well, again, to know the Lord. And if they throw you in jail, well, okay, but it's still better to know the Lord. You know, so that's the idea of weightiness, you know, that it draws down the scale in our life. And other things just look, look less worth, they look less weighty. They're not as important. And uh, so, again, this idea, you know, sometimes we think of worthiness. We have all kinds of sort of self-referential, self-esteem things in mind. But the Lord is basically saying, the worthiness is uh, that you ascribe worth to me and that uh, I, I'm more weighty. I draw down the scales in your life. I have a, a profundity, a weightiness to you that exceeds whatever the world or anyone in this world, even if they be parents and so on, might describe, uh, might have over you, okay? So, again, as we size things up then in life um, the uh, and weigh the true importance of things, remember this, that no person, no political party, no boss, no person who seeks our money or our time or our loyalty or our acquiescence, and they never died for us. Uh, Jesus did, and Jesus alone can save us. They can't save us. They might give us some years of comfort because we go along, but at the end of the day, they have the, life has a cruel joke for you at the end. You might be comfortable by going along, but at the end of the day, there's still a grave waiting for you. The question is, where are you going to spend eternity? Hmm? You want the world? It's yours. And the world says, I've got a, I've got a pit for you. All right. Who's the prince of this world? The devil. Now, we see, therefore, there's uh, the, uh, if you will, the uh, priority of a disciple. No one, nothing more important than Jesus. The profundity, that is to say, Jesus is the most weighty thing or person in our life. See? And then we come to the passion of a disciple. He says, now look, whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Okay? Uh, whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So the idea of taking up our cross. Now, there's different ways of looking at the cross. I think most of us can look at the cross and know like, well, we all have troubles in our life. Some a friend dies suddenly or a spouse or uh, something that we struggle with the work or the job or health. Okay, but, you know, don't forget just though the daily, the daily crosses. You know, life is hard and... Um, all the temptations that come around, you know, it's easy to sin. It's hard not to sin. And so taking up our cross sometimes involves not giving way to temptation. Sometimes it involves getting into the fight and saying, you know, you know, even in these little things, I have to maintain a discipline. And um, we like to just kind of get lazy and not worry about things and just sort of say, what's on TV? And that's easy. It's harder to be living a more reflective life and to be making decisions that sometimes involve sacrifices and changes. So don't just think biggie wow crosses. Those little daily crosses, the death by a thousand cuts that life dishes out. You know, one of the truths of life is that life is hard. And to kind of come to an acceptance about that is one way of taking up our cross. When we get angry and resentful and bitter about all that, well, you know, look, God offered paradise. Don't blame him. You know, uh, we chose to live in paradise lost. And he warned us it's the way of suffering and death. But 
we chose this. You know, we like to shake our finger at God sometimes, but at the end of the day, he says, look, just take up your cross. You're, you're, in, you're not living in paradise. Life is hard. Coming to an acceptance about this is actually very freeing. And then beyond that, this idea of losing our life to find it, you know, we, we lose our life to this world. So taking up our cross is a kind of a way of losing our life uh, to this world in the sense that it does sometimes um, attenuate, or shall we say, diminish our existence to uh, I'm sorry, our experience of the joys of this world. And um, it, it, maybe at some level, life is a little less pleasure, pleasurable in terms of our senses and desires, but um, but it, it, we, we find it in losing our life, we find it. Because our true life, you know, as Jesus says, man's life does not consist in his possessions. And likewise, we know what happens to us when we overindulge our desires and passions, and they start owning us. And we, we get very, very, life gets very tough and very hard very quickly when we can't stop drinking or we can't control our anger or we can't stop eating or we can't stop, you know, looking at stuff that we shouldn't be. You know, life gets pretty hard and pretty just, just awful pretty quick. So whatever temporary or immediate pleasures life, you know, giving way to the temptations of sin gives, is very temporary. And then the credit card bill comes, hmm? where you're stuck, you're addicted, you can't help yourself, or you start making bad decisions, or you get a DUI, or you, um, you know, someone is pregnant outside of marriage, or, 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 okay. So the point of the Lord is lose all that in order to really find your life, see? And um, it says here again, uh, forever, whoever finds his life will first lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Okay, so I'm going to show you the real rich life, which is to live the, the, the sleep the sleep of the just, so to speak, to stay inside God's commandments and the limitations he gives us, and to find a, a truer, richer, more stable happiness than the passing pleasures of this world. So again, there is the passion of a disciple, but notice again, it's not just all negative, bad stuff. The passion, the daily passions of just doing our daily duties and not letting it all pile up so the deadline comes, it's actually a much better way to live. And we lose our life to the immediate temptation, the immediate pleasures of temptation. But we find our life in the richer, more joyful things of walking in God's ways. And then finally we come to the, the prize of a disciple. In a way, we've already hinted at it here in this idea of the passion. You know, if, we, if we're willing to suffer in little ways, um, we'll, we'll be blessed in bigger ways. And so the Lord says here, whoever receives a prophet because he's a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever receives the righteous man because he's a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones to drink because he is a disciple. Amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. And we might just add to that, and whoever will keep these words that I give where I'm the priority, I draw down the scales in your life. I, I, I There's a weightiness to what I tell you. And, and likewise, that there's a, a passion I ask you to take up, a, a suffering that we, give, we don't give way to uh, your passions, but, but, but endure them and, and, and inherit something greater. See, there's, there's lots of reward that comes with this, the prize. You will surely not lose your reward. So if you listen to the righteous man, the prophet, and heed his words, now who is the righteous man? Who is the prophet? Well, first of all, it's Jesus, but he does send some 
Well, he rides on certain mules and donkeys. I'm one of his mules, all right, on a donkey. Uh, you know, he's using my mouth. But, you know, I try to be a, a prophet. I seek to be righteous, you know, and speak God's word and will to you Sunday after Sunday in these videos and other places. And if you listen to me, not to me, but to the one I'm speaking to you about what Jesus has said, see, if you will listen, you won't be, you will not, you will not be without reward. Because you're not listening to Charles Pope. Who cares what I think? You're really listening to Jesus who's speaking through. And how do I know that? Well, I'm, I might have said one or two things here that are not necessarily exactly the way Jesus would have put something, but I'm mainly sticking to his word. And that's your guarantee that I'm not just up here giving you some opinion. Um, I'm trying to, to, to preach the Word of God, and, and me too. I have to listen to good holy priests and, 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 and others who preach the Word to me, including God's lay faithful who are good at preaching the Word, to listen to this and say, if I listen to this Word, this prophet, this righteous person, I will not lack rewards. Not only listen to them, but encourage them and support them so that they can speak this truth to others. You know, The work of the church needs to be supported. The work of, if you know someone who's out there doing good work for the Lord, I would encourage you to support them, whether through prayer or through finances. Um, you know, not everyone can be out there on the point of the spear for a number of reasons, but we can at least support those who are. You find a good bishop, you find a good priest, a good diocese, you find uh, a good group in the church and support them. And Jesus says you will not if you give a cup of cold water to them, you will not relax the reward. And how much more so if you support them in other ways as well. Well, so today, uh, our readings, there's a, a priority Jesus demands in our life. He doesn't just encourage it or suggest it or ask for it. He says, here's the deal. No one, nothing, can have more authority in your life than I do. No one. I'm to draw down the scales in your life. There's a profundity that you must assign me. Do not, do. Not, I love you, but... Do not treat lightly of me. I'm telling you something for your salvation, and I'm the Lord. I'm not just some dude from Nazareth. And uh, so there's a profundity you have to accept. There is also a passion I ask you to endure. It's not easy to follow me, but it's the best way and the only way to salvation. And then finally, there is a prize for you, a prize. It's waiting for you to be faithful, listen to me, and listen to those who speak for me, Support them, and in the end, I will not be outdone in generosity. I will reward you for your obedience and your support of those who seek to be obedient. Amen.